Hello, and welcome to the Wanderings Podcast, a photographer's exploration of art, science, and world culture. I am your host, Pedro Bonato, a fine art and advertising photographer based in Toronto, Canada. In this show, I talk to artists, designers, scientists, filmmakers, authors, entrepreneurs, people who are creating inspiring work in a variety of fields. I have been working as a professional photographer and as a musician for a few years, and I am often inspired by history, science, mythology, and popular culture in the photographs that I create. In this podcast, I try to go a little bit deeper in the stories that inspire me, and I hope will inspire you too. Sometimes you go through experiences that you wish everyone could have, and you want to tell all the world about it. A few months ago, I had my first flotation session in a sensory deprivation tank. Flotation involves lying on a saltwater solution in a very spacious tank. There is no light or sound. The temperature of the water and the air is the same as that of your body, and you basically feel like you're floating in space. You get a chance to disconnect from the world and focus on your own thoughts and feelings. And you get a sense of profound peace and relaxation, a deep concentration, and increased creativity. To talk about this experience, my guests are Jesse Ratner-Deckel and Anand Ondia from Float Toronto. And we talked about the benefits of flotation therapy and the fascinating history behind sensory deprivation tanks. One of the great things about Jesse and Anand was learning how they turned their passion into a successful business. And we also talked about their journey into making flotation more accessible to people of all kinds. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Anand and Jesse. Let's start this. So Jesse and Anand, welcome to the Wanderings podcast. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you for having us, Pedro. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, so just uh, right off the bat, like uh, I found... Uh, like a float toronto uh like a couple of months ago that my my wife gave me as a gift because i was telling her like how much i wanted to try like sensory deprivation tanks and all that and then i went there and then yesterday i had my third um experience like in the in the tank Maybe. and yeah and i remember like on the second one Anand was telling me like oh yeah like and every time would be different and everything and to me even yesterday, I was like, whoa, that was actually much different. And I was even telling him like, oh, next time I actually want to go for two hours. Because at the end of the hour, it's like, okay, you're focused, you're good. So I got really in love with this. And then that's why I decided to get you guys on the, on the podcast. So excited to talk to you. Amazing. Yeah, cool. So uh, just right off the bat, let's just get started. Maybe, uh, Jesse, uh, can you tell a little bit about how you got into the like flotation business we'll talk about what it is sure. exactly but just how did you fall into it sure yeah i mean it's a it's a pretty specific kind of story of how we got into it we were listening to joe rogan mm -hmm. listening to his podcast that was the first introduction to the to the phrase floating or you know sensory deprivation the first place we heard it was was there and you know then it was just kind of became a little bit of a hobby of ours. You know, I was living in mm -hmm. Vancouver at the time. Mm -hmm. um, Anand must have heard about it at around the exact same time, but out here on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. And at that time, which is about eight, nine years ago, there was not too many float tanks in operation. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty hard to actually find one, one that you could right. climb in and, and, uh, and have an experience. So, you know, like I said, we kind of started floating as a hobby. We traveled around Canada 
and the states visiting different float centers and different home tanks that people had set up. Mm -hmm. Um, And then later on, you know, kind of figured that if this was something we wanted to continue doing, then the best strategy would be (laughs) to open a commercial flotation center. You know, it just seemed, it seemed like, you know, this mm-hmm. kind of idea that we had been waiting for almost. Oh, that's amazing. Um, and mm-hmm. so we then kind of started this mission to figure out how that would look. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cool. And how about you? And on, like, uh, uh, for me, so it's probably around the same time. We we're, we we're probably all listening to Joe Rogan, like a lot of the people who come in to the float center. Hmm. He's been like very responsible for this new wave of floating. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found it through hearing about it through him, but also being into yoga and my own practice and my own meditation, but also using yoga teaching, which what I was getting into at the time as a way to show, show other people the way to meditation. And so I found in each of my approaches, I would take more and more of a direct approach and having people facilitating people going into the tank and having these experiences for themselves was like something that really stood out to me. So that's how I got into providing it after like really loving it after only doing it like twice before we opened up at float. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah. And uh, so it's like, you said it's like about nine years ago you started floating Yeah. and uh, you as well, about like, five, like, about five. Yeah. Oh, so like okay. I did a couple a year before float opened and then I was like, okay, let's see what, who's but even doing it. When I first heard about it, when, when I heard first heard Joe talking about it, it was over a year, maybe even two, before I actually found a float tank. Right. You know, there just wasn't many places to try it. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in Vancouver at the time. Right. Um, like I first floated in this lady's basement that was two hours, two hours outside of Vancouver, and <laughs> I went there with my brother, and and she didn't even filter the tank between us. <laughs> like there was no. It was this old style. It was kind of covered in some kind of wooden barrier that she had built herself so i couldn't even tell what kind of tank it was i think it was a samadhi that as i look back yeah. on it if anybody knows like the mm-hmm. actual styles of float tanks oh but, yeah we'll talk yeah. a little bit about <laughs> that the technology of that but that's yeah. that's so interesting like for me i remember reading about it like again about 10 years ago but i was reading there was this physicist maybe you guys heard about him like richard Feynman. Mm-hmm. so he actually was with uh, john lilly we're going to probably talk about him too but then he when he started, he did, that's early, like, I guess, like, 70s. And then he did the flotation, uh, like, he went to the sensory deprivation tank. And then, uh, like, basically, he wrote about it in his book. Uh, I think it's surely or joking, Mr. Feynman. So it's, like, a crazy guy that he's, like, physicist and he's a drummer. And he said, uh, then he started, it's like, oh, that sounds interesting. And then later on, it's like, oh, maybe I'll do it sometime. And then, again, I, I saw it, like, Rogan talking about the it's like okay a bunch of people that i actually like really like speak highly of it and then this year i like i i, I did my first uh, flotation there's like it was absolutely fantastic cool so how about uh, opening the the business how was that uh, journey like um so like nine years ago and the, the you flow toronto started what like a couple of years ago or when just over you, four like, years all right okay yeah. cool mm-hmm. um yes we've been open for just over four years it's been it's been incredible. This has been an incredible journey of a lifetime, to be honest. Yeah. Like, you know, there's not too many people you can turn to for guidance in this industry, it's especially when you kind of talk about the operations of the business. You know, even the manufacturers at the time, there weren't too many. There's a few more now. Um, like and 
a year ago, we actually completely revamped our center. We did a full renovation and completely mm-hmm. switched out our, our older tanks, um, which were a little bit smaller and a little bit more like a lot of people are probably imagining, mm-hmm. like, you know, like more kind of how you crouch in it and a little more coffin like. I don't like to say that, but they were compared yeah. to the ones we have now, which are really large. Yeah. And you actually stand up as you walk into them, almost like a walk in fridge. Um, but yeah, we, in terms of the developing the business, we connected with some guys in Portland, Oregon, Mm -hmm. who had been running a center for a few years before, before us. So we were able to go down there and sort of do an apprenticeship type of program with them Mm. where they basically showed us all the things that they messed up on along the way so that we could save a lot of money and a lot of time. And, you know, we ended up becoming close friends with them and, and we're still pretty tight with them today. And and they're almost like kind of a cornerstone of, of the industry. They organize a, a global float conference that we go to oh, every right. year okay. where people from all over the world come down there and, you know, who run centers and make tanks and provide other services that are kind of supporting the industry. Um, so they were huge. Uh, that's the first thing that pops to my mind is how do we do this? So big <laughs> shout out to those guys. Their, their center is called Float On. Okay. And it's in Portland, Oregon. And if anybody is in that neck of the woods, I highly recommend going to check yeah. out their float center. It's it's sort of iconic cool. in uh, in the world of float centers. Yeah. And yeah. and then on that, like uh, one thing I wanted, like because we already started talking, oh, the float, like as, assuming people know sort of what it is about. <laughs> so can you guys tell a little bit about what flotation is maybe Anand can give like a little uh, intro to that so that people can know what we're talking about yeah i'll give you a rough visual what it looks like it's like um imagine maybe the dimensions of about a a queen or even a king size bed with these new tanks that we have um so you're in there in about a foot of water and that water is heated to your skin temperature so the whole idea is that your body's now not having to adjust to gravity it's not having to change its temperature so a lot of these resources can be freed up. So there's that effect. There's also, you know, the release from the gravity will stretch out the joints. You've got, aside from that, all of the benefits of the magnesium getting into the body um, and being able to soak them in over time. And beyond that, you have the combined effects. Beyond that, you have the sensory deprivation effects, which, you know, in this setup, you can have the lights on, you can have them off, you can have music on or off. Um, mm-hmm. other capabilities for sound or meditations that we still haven't even really pushed the limits of so oh imagine yeah. yeah so basically it would be like like to give a rough visual guide it's like you have complete darkness the temperature that you are in is basically the, te- the body temperature mm-hmm. and then you are basically floating because you have basically no effect of gravity because of the amount of the Epsom salts that mm-hmm. are in the in the water. So you're just floating there and mm-hmm. then you hang you hang out. That's right? it. Yeah. yeah. Like the basic idea of it is to restrict all of your external restrict all external stimulus. So restrict all your senses simultaneously. Right. So with no sound and no light and basically no feeling, no tactile sensation. Um, and like you're saying, creating an environment where your all your muscles and bones can relax fully like you don't have to do any work to hold yourself up mm-hmm. um, and then it's almost like after a while because there's no stimulus your brain is always trying to interpret stimulus as it comes in whether it be just you know sounds outside or you know whatever you're up to but with no stimulus your brain 
kind of goes into a mode where it's like, okay, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to interpret anything. I can just rest into this more kind of regenerative, you know, reflective, mm -hmm. you know, mode. One of the things that like going to this idea of like having like total sensory deprivation, right? Uh, one of the things that happened to me at least like um, when I went in on the, the first time was you start paying attention to some very strange things like I on the first time I remember my breathing mm -hmm. was so loud. Mm -hmm. I was like breathing in mm -hmm. and you can hear it in a very different way mm -hmm. right and the other thing that i noticed was you how much tension you actually have in your body even when you don't have to because mm -hmm. i was laying down and then your ears are basically covered by the by the by, by the water and it doesn't go actually further than what like an inch after your mm -hmm. your ears like yeah and then i remember like oh i was i had like my arms down so my shoulders were a little bit pronated and it's like huh i think i'm gonna put my arms up yeah and then it was like okay i found the position that was uh, interesting for me but what i found interesting is how much your mind at least on the first time fights mm -hmm. to pay attention to something exactly and it's connected to the body like how you touched on it how you're going into this tank and now you're released from gravity and yet you're still noticing a holding so you're feeling the difference between what energy you need to be putting out and what you are putting out so that's where you have the chance to really let go into the environment and uh, begin to build a trust over the number of floats that you do as well and mm -hmm. even within the session so that you can actually just make that difference a little bit more and more until the point where you realize yes i'm in a tank and i don't actually require any tension and then you meet that Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's mm -hmm. the exactly what happened to me and then you start thinking of all this uh well everybody has a different uh like uh, experience I, i assume especially i was not afraid at all i know that some people have i keep telling my wife oh you should go you should try it but she's super claustrophobic and darkness but then i said oh but you can have the lights on you can have the music on how would you guys like uh recommend a let's say a person is about to get into this either here in Toronto or like in part like partners all around the world or other like flotation things what's the attitude to have like the best experience like on the first time yeah. um well I would say first of all keep an open mind um as to what the experience is going to be like you know we try as much as possible not to sort of program people Mm -hmm. or you know insinuate what the experience is going to be like because we don't know you know it seems to be really different for everybody and it also depends how you're coming into it right what you're trying to get out of it if you if you are trying to get anything out of it or if you're trying to use it for a specific purpose but um it's definitely going to be different than you expect so just try not to expect anything i guess is mm -hmm. the first thing um in terms of the claustrophobia kind of topic which is you know something that comes to comes up a lot mm -hmm. it seems to be pretty much the number one concern and i actually have a theory that it's not it's kind of a fake concern it's not really real okay mm. and this is why because a as you know the tank is a lot bigger than you think oh, yeah. and that that's going to be across the board wherever you float they're all these things are pretty large they're not really so enclosed mm -hmm. where you're you know feeling claustrophobic in that kind of way 
Um, claustrophobia, I think, is more where you're in a situation where you can't get out, right? Like where right. you're in a, in a crowd of people or in an airport or at a concert or something, and you literally are like, oh my God, I got to get out of here and I don't see a way out and there's too many things going on. The float tank, once you settle into the experience, you know, first of all, there's a light on, so you can leave it on as long as you want until you want to turn it off. I do recommend turning it off though yeah. eventually and trying that because it's a pretty surreal oh, yeah. kind of feeling definitely but um once you settle into the float it feels the opposite of claustrophobic you know it feels sort of expansive and infinite and just bound there's no boundaries you know yeah. boundless kind of feeling um and then going beyond that, there's things like you don't want to eat right before you go in because, you know, mm -hmm. you can hear your stomach kind of gurgling in there and digesting. And you don't want to have caffeine right before you go in because, you know, it's a stimulant. Any kind of stimulant is going to prevent you from settling into the experience. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Anything else that comes up for you before people go in for the first time? Mm, well, there's there's this idea that um, the tank can be used for so many things, right? It can be like an, a nothing space or mm -hmm. it can be like an anything space. So um, as a general rule, especially for first time, because you asked for floating, it's like it's nice to be open to the experience. And I believe in general, the tank just gives you what you need on that mm -hmm. particular day. So you come in looking for mental relaxation. Maybe it actually gives you an emotional release. Mm -hmm. And then the mental thing comes later. So it's like to be open to that, but also, you know, to um, if you have something that you have in mind that you're trying to work on or you're trying to figure out, it's like a great space for that as well. So, mm -hmm. yeah, just to know that you can float for a reason. You can also just be open and see what uh, the tank offers. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a great way to 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 see it. And uh, I mm -hmm. can totally vouch for the idea of like that if you think it's going to be claustrophobic, well, at least on the tanks you guys have, that they are basically you can just stand mm -hmm. there, and uh, it's actually quite large space. And as you said, I never noticed this, but yeah, like whenever you turn off the lights and then you don't have uh, and then you settle in on, on the tank it's boundless it's mm -hmm. you're floating in space like mm -hmm. it's uh and it's not really that you're journeying anywhere it's sort of like you stop and you feel a vastness around mm -hmm. right it's and like i think part of that also comes from the idea that regardless of physical space it's like things in the world are always pressing on you so you know if you're if unless your phone is in airplane mode there's there's things coming at you there's pressure there's people around you there's energies and um this is a way to just separate from that as well and find that energetic space you know mm -hmm. something that's rare yeah and that's mm -hmm. actually a good point because it's um do you think the i mean of course like joe rogan and like uh, some other guys that were like really pushing for this and then it became like a worldwide phenomenon uh like really helped with it but how much do you think it's because of our um world today of us on the phone all the time and having to be connected that it seems to be like the more connected we are suddenly we have this new technology trying to break at least mm -hmm. for that hour two hours that you stay in like how much do you think is connected to our current state like um yeah i mean floating is is an amazing remedy for our, our modern day life you know and it was part of the it was part of the reason we had, we could have some confidence launching the business. You know, mm -hmm. we had this deep feeling like, you know what? People are really going to want to do this. And this is going to be useful for people mm -hmm. because it's this complete disconnect. It's like unplugging the cord 
the power cord you know it's turning the off switch in a way like if you get in a float tank and turn off the light and and lie down a certain amount of time goes by or a certain amount of floats go by until mm -hmm. you get it you know realistically sometimes it takes a few times you know not everybody kind of gets to that kind of breakthrough float the first time they get in there but eventually you kind of get the hang of it and almost whether you like it or not you kind of get brought into this deep physical and mental relaxation like your body is in a complete resting state and because there's no distractions coming in like Anand was saying your mind just kind of settles in this peace kind of serenity kind of feeling and you start thinking about things that are a little bit bigger than you know just the mundane kind of you know just to-do lists and tasks that that we you know we are mm -hmm. you know kind of absorbed with but yeah it's i think the timing for it is is right mm, you know right. and and you know there's a couple things like you know we kind of get nerdy with it when we're talking about how to improve the experience even more but mm -hmm. you know unless you can figure out how to how to provide more nothingness you know there's <laughs> there's nothing really more you can do to get in a scenario like the right. float tank like one thing that you could do which i hope one day we can I don't know if we're going to upgrade our tanks again or open up another place or something, but if we could make the tank circular, then huh. you could also lose complete feeling oh, for which right. direction your body's feeling mm -hmm. facing, you know, because right. right now, yeah, you know, it's kind of the only thing, like, you know, spatially where you are, right. where, which way you lie down, you know, where the door is, you know, which way, you know, Queen Street is. Mm -hmm. But um, if you could kind of drift anywhere, in any direction you would lose another layer of like where you are in space so. yeah that's interesting that's something yeah. <laughs> that uh, like on my second flow was a float i was um i actually when i put like my arms up and so that people have an idea it's basically like a square-ish bathtub material style kind of a thing i don't know exactly what material guys use yeah, for fiberglass the, yeah yeah so and then i remember like okay i'm going to touch the corners mm -hmm. like on both on all sides so that i know exactly where i am and then i let go and then i sort of forgot about it except like if you I remember I was being a bit anxious on the second float for like personal reasons. Like I was thinking of like bad stuff and then you move around and any movement you do actually puts you like in a little bit of motion, right? Mm -hmm. At least with me, that's what happened. And then suddenly I was like, Oh, okay. I touched the corner and then it immediately brought me back to where I was. I said, like, no, okay, let me just put myself in the middle. I'm good. And then he went on. So, but it's interesting that like a, like a totally circular one would take away that, uh, yeah. That, and they that have that them. Reference. They're out there. Oh, really? cool. I've never floated in one, but mm. yeah. Yeah, no, it's very, it's very, it's very cool. So how was, uh, your if you guys both of you want to want to could share like i know you wrote about this uh, on a blog like about your first experience mm -hmm. and your how was your first experiences my first experience floating um like we had touched on before like it wasn't the most uh accessible experience to be able to find tanks um also when we what we offer floats for now is like a fraction of what they used to be and um so I, I remember paying a hundred dollars for my first float okay. and uh did it a few years ago and it was definitely worth that i would pay two thousand five thousand ten thousand dollars for my first float um because it really if if you're out there and looking into meditation and you're reading about these accounts of this or that meditator in this experience or you know this or that technique it's like 
when you go in the tank, you're going to find your own experience of that and not just a copy of the technique, right? Mm -hmm. And so this was my experience with meditation and with floating that really woke me up to, okay, there's something here which is tangible, which is, you know, uh, something that you can always access within yourself mm -hmm. and you don't need to go to the Himalayas for it. Right. And so this, this was my experience with floating, which... Um, strengthened the whole direction of uh, being able to look inward for our own healing mm -hmm. and that's one thing because your background like you already had like experience with meditation yes. and with yoga, yoga. so you yeah. went with that mindset towards exactly the, uh -huh. yeah yeah so i kind of benefited in all the ways because i'm also i'd started to train jujitsu then and i'm now mm -hmm. more active in it but even back then i found that i had the physical benefit the emotional benefit the meditative benefit so that's why maybe it hit me so hard at that time. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had a side note. I had my <laughs> first jujitsu class like a couple of uh, amazing. Uh, two, uh, a week a week ago. Huh? <laughs> yeah. No. It was like yeah. uh, it was like so so interesting. Oh yeah. Like, uh, You're gonna yeah. need the floats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. It, yeah. That was a whole other thing because yeah. I was so disillusioned with the martial arts after doing uh, aikido and uh, mm -hmm. all these other things that were not. I mean. Well, not to get into that <laughs> that thing, but it's uh, anyway. So, Jesse, how about you? How was your first float? You mentioned that it was like at the basement of someone and uh, all that. So, how was uh, how was your first experience uh, floating? Yeah, it was it was great. You know, it was actually it was pretty profound. Um, I I'd heard about it from Joe on the podcast, and then I had done my own research, and I was kind of looking forward to it for many months. And like I said, I drove a couple hours away with my brother and uh, he went first. I waited in the lounge and she had all these nice little meditation books and things like that waiting. So I was <clears throat> I was really chilled out. I was re really in a good headspace for it. And I had been thinking about it for a long time. Um, and then I got in the tank and, you know, just the way that you you can observe your thoughts in there without any distraction um, there's really nothing like it. There's no other scenario you can put yourself in where everything is so clear, right? It's almost like you can be a witness to your thoughts in, in just much easier. Mm -hmm. Um, and I definitely went pretty deep on my first one. Like I remember I came out of there, like I had gone into, you know, memories that I hadn't thought of in a long time from childhood and, mm -hmm. And um, I felt like I just had kind of some breakthrough thoughts on my own about things that were going on in my life. And, and then, like I said before, I just had this feeling like people are going to want to do this. Like it just mm -hmm. seemed like how, how could it not be applicable to so many different things? Like right away, my mind was thinking about all the different avenues and, and, and people who have different interests would, would use it. Mm -hmm. um, whether it be for physical stuff, whether it be for emotional healing, whether it be for, mm -hmm. you know, repressed memories or visualization, like, you know, all that kind of stuff that I've been researching, I, I saw it, I could feel it like, wow, this thing is for real. Like it's, it's kind of magic in a way. Mm -hmm. um, and just being on your back lying supine, like even if you're just to lie on a yoga mat, like something happens to your body when you're in that position, like you just automatically go into this into, into the, like towards the relaxation response because you're not upright looking at the world in the angle that we usually are. Right. You're on your back and, and you kind of, you start relaxing more. Um, and then I remember on the, on the ride home, 
me and my brother were just totally blissed out. We were talking mm-hmm. so slowly. Yeah. I floated right before I came here, too. So oh, cool. I got, I got right. the zone and I didn't float it shows, later. It, yeah. <laughs> um, it was great. I know I'm kind of babbling about it, but I really no, had a no. great experience. It really, like, it It was, like, all I expected and more. Mm-hmm. And from from then on, I, I went on this journey um, with my business partner, Sean, you know, and we tried all different tanks in the area. Mm-hmm. And... You know, we had different ideas for what we were going to do in terms of the business. Initially, we were going to start one in Vancouver. Oh, okay. um, and then mm-hmm. by the time we actually got, you know, all of our stuff together to begin looking for a space, there was another center that was kind of announcing their opening. So mm. we kind of put our whole thing on the back burner and waited to see what that looked like. And this beautiful float center opened up. They're called Float House. Okay. We're friends with the guys that run that place. And it was just, it was amazing. It was a home run. It was like, you know, actualizing what we had been kind of imagining oh. in our home city. And it just gave us also a place to float. Mm-hmm. And it made everything a little bit more real in terms of making the leap to the next level. Mm-hmm. And then when it, when we actually got like the courage and the money and the business plan together to actually do it ourselves, we decided that we'd be better off going somewhere else where right. we, we could be kind of first to market in a, in a way, mm-hmm. right? Um, because there was a lot on the line. It was quite a big initial investment. Yeah. And as we looked at the map of Canada, we wanted to stay in Canada. Toronto just kind of was sort of speaking to us, you know, it was the yeah. biggest city that we have and there was not much here at the time. And it seemed like, the city could probably use it based yeah, on sure. just like how fast everything moves here mm-hmm. and how many people there are and how dense it is. It seemed like a, a perfect fit. Mm-hmm. So then our dream kind of shifted a little bit and we, we went on this mission to, you know, we pretty much uprooted. We took, we packed up a car of all our <laughs> things. You know, we came out here a few times to check out the lay of the land and, and find a location and, and kind of see what everything was like. But eventually we kind of packed up and drove over we didn't know anybody in the city. Oh, wow. Um, we found our location on the west side over in, you know, near Parkdale mm-hmm. there. And uh, and we set up shop. And Anand was one of the first people that reached out to us when we, you know, he found us online that we were going to be setting up the center. And, yeah, he had already written a blog piece about it and he was super interested in it. And, and uh, yeah, we connected with him very soon mm-hmm. after, you know, before we even opened. Oh wow! Yeah, cool. exactly. So from uh, from from the beginning, from the show, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. exactly. That's, it. <laughs> oh, that's uh, that's cool. Yeah, the one thing that you mentioned, like uh, uh, on um, the post float sensation, <laughs> it's a very interesting uh, thing that it's like you are you're slower, you're calmer, you even approach certain things. Like uh, at least for me, it was uh, oh. You, Okay, I'm gonna grab my phone. Why am I grabbing my phone yeah. right now? That kind of stuff. And then, of course, yes, I have to to reply to this thing and talk about that thing, yeah. prepare that thing. But you start seeing things with a different, um, and I'm sure it wears off at certain points. But just having the experience of uh, like that. Oh, I remember what it was to have that. Not only the float like moment but the post float which mm-hmm. to me was the same in the th- in the three times mm-hmm. that i went already like it was basically the same like you're exactly you're chill you are um uh, the the probably not very good analogy but i made for you on yesterday it's like as if you had 
a terrible hangover, but without a hangover. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. No, it makes to sense. People, but yeah. it's like it's like oh, you you don't want to deal with anything, but you're not irritated yeah. and you're not like overly excited, not overly calm. It's yeah. not like you are. Mm-hmm. There's no apathy. You're just engaged in things. It was, right. it was quite fantastic. Which is why I wanted to to talk to both of you guys to to yeah, about know what this. you mean. Well, yeah. that that makes me think of. Um, I, I feel like when people also start to go in, it's um, such a contrast to the regular baseline state, the level of relaxation that you feel after, that it can be very hard, especially the first few times, to really approach any activity. So sometimes it's not uncommon to have first-time floaters just not even aware of how long they're 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 out of it after the float because it's so different from their regular pace so it's going to be almost in sync with how tuned up they are in their regular life so they may not uh they they may stick around for a couple hours after their float easy just to like tune back so i remember at the beginning i would i would uh try to go to i tried to go to a, a more up pace vinyasa yoga class after a float and i couldn't do it Right. I just couldn't I couldn't force myself to that pace but then you find as you do more floats it actually changes your baseline state so the difference between the post float state and your regular state is less and less so you still need a bit of adjustment time because you're in space basically but you can come out and reintegrate into the world faster and mm. um yeah That's it becomes cool. less foreign because a lot of the time you have people come out and say well now it's time to get back into the normal world well, if you can have control over your state of mind, what's the normal world? Right. No, that's 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 great, great point. <laughs> deep, deep. Yeah, no, that's just really cool. Mm-hmm. Huh. I haven't thought yet. I, I haven't floated enough to think in that way, but it's totally, it's like a yeah. spiritual exercise in a way, right? It's like, a, it's a, yeah, it's exactly that. Like mm-hmm. how like how you engage with everything will determine yeah. your experience yeah right? like why separate it why do you have to be relaxed now and then not relax later it's like just keep it going mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really cool yeah and then uh in terms of um i know that you guys have like uh, just to talk a little bit of the operations of things of sure. how it works is it's to be interesting for folks to see but you guys have like in the center have like uh, five flotation tanks correct mm-hmm. right and then uh one of the things that I thought was really cool that you have there that uh, I didn't spend an hour there, but that's that would have been a good idea. <laughs> like uh, there is like uh, at the entrance, basically, uh, there is uh, like some couches and places where you can you guys put some uh, some there are some books, mm-hmm. there are some visual stuff, yeah. there's like some artwork, there is some books you can actually write your thoughts on. So you invite people to explore the experience. And I thought that little like little space that is like very inviting uh, and you have like tea that is delicious and all that then uh, um, that uh, um, sort of like gave an interesting aspect to it. it's like you just don't go in and then okay kick you out you sort of like just stand around so how much how other flotation uh, places have this kind of environment or is it something that you guys learn from someone or what's your approach to that uh, part it's a good observation, and and it's a great it's a great thing to to uh, to touch on because we always try if we if we can to recommend that people don't rush out of there. You know, when you come out of the float, you're really turned down, and it's nice to kind of integrate a little bit by just sitting, not going back right on your phone if you don't have to, if you don't have something pressing. Um, let the experience kind of settle. Um, 
And yeah, we try to we we provide a space for for that to happen. It was one of the things that the first float center in Vancouver didn't have that we thought was was needed and necessary. Mm-hmm. So um, it was definitely a priority and something that was very important to us to have. Um, watching people, the contrast of how people look and act and feel when they come in <laughs> to when they come out of the tank is one of just the best things about operating a flotation center. Yeah. It's unreal how much people change sometimes. Mm. Like it's, it might as well be two different people. You know, someone will, could come in almost like outwardly angry at, you know, obviously not us or anything, yeah. just something that's going on with them, but just carrying some kind of angst. Um, and that maybe even us at times, you know, I'm not saying like anyone yeah, in particular, but that's just someone will come in carrying whatever energy they're coming in with, go in that tank and come out smiling, <laughs> wanting to tell you about their experience, some kind of breakthrough or whatever. Um, so yeah, we have this little lounge there and we have books that are like basically just drawing books. There's an art store mm-hmm. next door. So we always keep a stock with like some nice big blank pages and colors and, and, uh, you know, Often people say that colors look brighter after they come out of there, mm-hmm. after you've been in darkness. And, you know, these very interesting, you know, insights come to them that they want to write down right away. So, you know, that's another purpose of that. The float is very slippery at the same time. You might be in the tank having 10 revelations about something. And then by the time the music comes on at the end, you have three of them pretty solid in your head mm-hmm. and then you get in the shower and get dressed <laughs> and you get to the tank uh, get to the lounge and maybe you just have one right, right. and then you get that one out so it's yeah. sort of like the float brings you into a sort of dream state almost where it is a little bit hard to hold on to some things sometimes mm-hmm. you know it's it's kind of likened to uh, a psychedelic experience minus mm. the drugs right you know it's sort of this sober psychedelic kind of experience for some people yeah. yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a uh, that's a great point. Uh, you're gonna say something about uh, that. Oh, okay, so no, I was just gonna say that. Uh, yeah, this was this revelations. I, I called it like I, I was uh, telling like uh, my wife like oh this is sort of like a revelation moment like rev- so like the little mountain that is like a little revelation moment because there is always some insight that is completely unexpected. At yeah. least to me, I mean, I had only three flo- fo- like float so far, but. In each one of them, I can totally relate to the dreams. It's like I had this 10 epiphanies and you only will remember one or two at at the end. But I remember writing down everything right after. And then I remember getting um, like something that was so like, like absolutely obvious, but profound mm-hmm. at the same time and then just even if you're not going to write on uh, like on the on the books that you have in the in the like in the front like specifically like uh, for other people it's like okay that just reminded me oh there is something to be um shared afterwards or at least something that i i will take away from uh, this experience from uh, like uh, like epiphany point of view and uh, i and the, getting into that the, this idea that you touched upon uh, about the like say psychedelics without the the without the drugs uh one of the things i remember reading on the beginning uh like about about it with uh, john Lilly that sort of like started this thing was actually that they were actually trying to not induce but facilitate psychedelic experiences right can mm-hmm. you guys talk a little bit about that a- aspect of uh, uh yeah. flotation 
Yeah, absolutely. Like the early days of flotation. So just to kind of give people an, an idea of, of how far this goes back, the first commercial flotation tank was first actualized in the 50s. Oh. Um, so there was a whole wave of floating that went into the 60s and the 70s and it got really popular and there was like float centers all over the place that were busy and people were coming and it, it seemed to be, you know, a thing that was going to catch on. Um, and then for a number of different reasons, um, the whole industry completely fell off and basically tanked in the 80s. Mm. Um, and then now we're seeing like the, a new wave and a sort of resurgence of it. And the technology is better and the filtration systems are better. And like even the, the purpose for why people are seeking it seems to be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like not only a sort of psychedelic hippie-ish mm -hmm. kind of experience mm -hmm. that maybe it was once spun as sort of, mm -hmm. but now it's also linked to like holistic health and wellness yeah. and, you know, stress reduction and athletes using it for visualization and things like that. Um, but John, John Lilly, the guy who created the float tank, he was, um, he was a scientist. He was a psychonaut. Mm -hmm. He was interested in studying the nature of consciousness. He was going in these tanks under like the influence of some very powerful substances yeah. and trying to communicate with aliens. <laughs> and like <laughs> at the end of it, he like did it according yeah. to him. He yeah. like, it was mission accomplished. So yeah. Um, yeah, he was trying to decode dolphin communication yeah. and, and stuff like that. Like he, he's a very interesting fella. We could talk about him all day. Yeah. Um, sorry, what's the exact question? You no, have just, about uh, it? just yeah. like, uh, what's the relationship between this, like the psychedelic experience and the float experience? Like, so you were talking about how it changed over time and yeah. that, uh, now it's more from a health and wellness kind of a thing. Uh, so how does it like today compare to how people were like thinking before, especially because if you're not having any uh like stimulants before you go mm -hmm. in which is the experience i have you'll probably have a totally different experience than if you are on under some sort of drug so how does that um i mean like some thoughts on that yeah like some some thoughts on that are like it can be a very psychedelic experience mm -hmm. like that's just put that out there and and it, it is for a lot of people people see flowers of life and kaleidoscope colors and, mm. and things like that but not everybody and maybe not even that often you know like that's not something that people should expect to happen mm -hmm. but there is some people who come out of there and they're like oh that was a cool light show that you guys had going on in there like <laughs> what was that about it was like uh, this was in our old tanks when we had no lights at all yeah, now we have like a light yeah. that you can turn on but and we're like oh no man there's like no lights in there at all yeah. that was just in your you know in your mind or your pineal gland or something but yeah. and like they just would not believe it um, but you know, we don't advise people to like take psychedelics and go into the tank. Yeah. It's not, um, needed. Um, you know, but you know, if we're being completely honest, we have no control over what people do. People take all different substances and do all types of different things. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there may be one that is like, you know, some certain people are comfortable with using that, right. you know, they would experiment with in there. Um, I would always advise people to try it without it first to right. see how psychedelic it is on its own. Right. Um, John, like I said before, like he was interested in studying a lot of those psychedelic substances in and outside of the tank. Right. Um, and, and he was going beyond just like, you know, just mushrooms and yeah. like he was injecting himself with ketamine and, and oh. going in there mm -hmm. and like 
you know, going yeah. in for like long, long floats oh, wow. and um, having IV drips and, you know, to oh, keep wow. himself hydrated and things like that. Like they, they got to a pretty intense level with it. Um, yeah, no, that's no, it's, <laughs> but there's certainly a crossover with them, with the two. Like, like I like that you asked the question because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who don't want to go there and don't want to yeah. sort of touch on the fact that, a, that a big piece of, of the origins of these things was linked to psychedelic use. Right. And it was in the hip, in the sort of the seventies and the hippie kind of age when, when the whole boom was happening with the initial kind of commercial flow tanks. So there was probably a lot more you know, kind of not only crossover with it then, but it was, it was probably more of that hippie kind of crowd that was drawn to it. Whereas now it's just such a diverse range of people Mm -hmm. coming in to use the tank, like not necessarily people who are even know about any psychedelics. Right. Yeah. No, that's, 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 uh, that's really cool. And, uh, just to go to the idea of like wellness and the relationship to other physical activities, mm-hmm. something that like you coming from, like from yoga, from meditation mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and, and jujitsu. So, um, how do you see the combination of other kinds of act, uh, like activities that have a element of mindfulness and the spiritual like uh, seeking how do you see that as a relationship to the experience in the tank so for me i actually connect the two questions so to me drugs is inside and outside Mm -hmm. right so if you remember salvador dali at some point he he always told people i am drugs i am the drugs that you're taking these paintings right Mm -hmm. and so to me i think these drugs that people take from outside uh, to go in the tank with or to explore with, those are not just drugs on their own. They're interacting with our chemistry as well and what's going on with us. So mm-hmm. it's like we can talk about the fluctuation of our states as being on drugs. You can uh, use the tank to come off of drugs. You can use the mm-hmm. tank to change your state and reintroduce new drugs that your brain is producing now. You can use the tank to turn off drug production in your body as well, right? Your hormones, because your stress hormones go down. Uh And so it's like you can really start to look at it more fluidly from an inside and outside perspective of like the drugs are happening inside me. Maybe I'm exploring as well, you know, so there's an interaction that's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this also interacts with the things. So the drugs are like almost like a shortcut or an express, you know, mm-hmm. method to create this change quickly. And then if you want to combine it with touching on these other treatments, which are amazing to combine with floating. So not only small things that you can do, like journaling, like meditation, but, you know, also therapies that you get from somebody else. Like we've had people work with body talk practitioners. We've had in our own experience and with our patients, um, talking about combining acupuncture, combining mm. other therapies, um, osteopathy, you know, massage with floating, um, cold therapies, mm-hmm. you know, there it's endless really. So you can kind of decide the, the float tank. What it does is really give you the awareness to decide how you should be affecting, whether you do need any substances to affect it, whether you need to remove substances from your body, stop ways of being introduce new ways of being to actually handle what's going on inside in this inner chemistry in that soup Mm -hmm. and then uh and then that would um, also go into like uh, oh if you have a yoga practice or like uh, i don't know like lifting weights or all those things like yeah it the float would be like a 
to determine your baseline sort of like uh, in a way or like at least to have like a grounding like uh, that's sort of like how you guys are are seeing the because it will interact with whatever else you're doing right? i could see that is it being a thing or like yoga could take on the place of like some people might float on a nootropic like 5htp so it's like if you do a jog and then get in the tank is that not something similar oh interesting right uh -huh. and then something else to note as well for people looking at um exploring is that yeah you should be really comfortable with the tank um because even Lily with all his crazy explorations he did he committed to 10 years of free uh exploring on his own with a sober mind and then oh. he started to introduce mm -hmm. these uh drugs one at right. a time so it's mm -hmm. like really you want to be comfortable with the experience know what it's about and yeah. get those benefits which are to be had from the natural unlocks mm -hmm. and then see if you'd like yeah and that uh takes me to a, like one question that i had regarding um how often people it's just like any other kind of activity should it be like uh, every week should be every day should be like uh and of course there's no shoulds on these kinds of things it depends on the person's journey and uh and ability but like in terms of like a baseline is this something you want to do every year as an anniversary or is it every week would be a good thing or is it uh as per whenever it's needed so how, what are your thoughts on when how often to do it um, another good question. Mm. Um, and like you said, there is no correct amount, right? There's no correct amount. There's no prescription. However, there is a bit of a residual to the experience. Like if you have a float, you're going to feel it probably for the next few days, mm -hmm. you know, at least the next, at least the rest of the night, at least probably the next day in some way. For me, I'm feeling it three, four days after a float. Mm -hmm. Um, so like you said, like a lot of people will use it once in a while as a, you know, sort of, uh, you know, recentering or a reflection kind of time. Um, from my personal experience, I can I can kind of tell you how that went. So first mm -hmm. I was floating more kind of erratically, I would say, like sometimes more, sometimes less, multiple times a week. And now four years in, I've kind of settled at the same time every week. Hmm. And I really like that because now I sort of anticipate it a little bit. I can kind of mentally prepare for it in a way if I'm going to try to get something out of it. You know, I know that it's coming. Um, and it gives me this kind of like regular check in with myself and with the tank and just, you know, in, in that kind of routine. So we have a lot of people who will do that. A lot of people will book the same session each week and, and, mm. and come and, and use it that way. Or, or be at the same time every month. Some people do it, you know, some people do it once a month, twice a month, once a week. Mm -hmm. um, and then once in a while, like today was a special instance where I knew I was coming here. Mm -hmm. I, you know, whenever I, I haven't done many of these kind of podcasts oh, and things okay. like that, mm -hmm. but when I do, I try to get in the tank before just for fun. So right. I'm in the kind of float state of mind. Um, mm -hmm. And Anin floats quite a bit, probably a lot more than me. So I'll mm -hmm. let him. To, you know describe how he goes through that oh the way i like to think of it is like it's like yoga or eating greens or anything else that's like positive for you or a medicine it's like um is there how how often should you do that should you if you eat greens today you'll get the benefit of eating greens today but then if you don't eat it for another month then right. that may be an issue right mm -hmm. so it's like you need to decide what it gives you and how often you need that so 
I would say it's partly in relation to if if uh, what you're using it for. So if it's for an athletic recovery, then you need to be floating often, mm-hmm. get those benefits. Um, if it's for meditation and you have a regular practice, maybe you only need to come in once every couple of weeks, once every month to really hit that new that that level of deep meditation to spark you to be able to practice that. So it will depend on you. Personally, I find with this particular medicine, there's no overdose because <laughs> I would have found it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually, uh, as a float doctor, recommend the most floats you can do as often as possible for as long as you can. Oh, interesting. Yeah, nice because mm-hmm. the way that I think about it, the way it works is something very special about float, which we haven't quite touched on, is actually it's a lot of it to do with your mind-body connection. Mm-hmm. So a lot of issues that are happening are people drifting away from their own body, their own current experience. So the float brings you back. And the longer that you're in the tank, the more focused your mind becomes and the more powerful of a healing tool it becomes for you. So that's why I think Jesse touched on doing double floats once a week. So the longer floats, you get into a deeper space mm-hmm. rather than maybe a few one hour floats. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's no right or wrong. I just have a couple more things to add about that. Like also the more you do it, like a lot of things, the easier it is to get into that kind of deep sort of meditative mode when you're in the tank. Like the more often you do it, the easier and quicker you're able to kind of settle into the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and also each time you go in the float, it's almost like you're kind of resetting or, you know, restarting your, your nervous system. Mm-hmm. And the more you do it, the harder it is for your nervous system kind of to rebound to those elevated mm-hmm. states that create kind of, I think, the anxiety mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. Mm. So there's like a compounding effect that right. happens the more you float. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. The I, I asked that because it was uh, one of those things like on my last float, which is my third. And then I've been like writing the, the things that happen like awesome. uh, like uh, I on the end of this last session was the one time i got to a different way like i stopped because before you you had this thing of like oh i'm going to have a deep experience Mm -hmm. come on deep experience come (laughs) exactly yeah and uh and then at some point it actually happens and then you were like yeah when you flattered with yourself (laughs) it's like oh cool like oh wow i didn't think of (laughs) i could think of this way but then yeah and then at some point uh, this last time i was like oh i'm gonna go with no expectations Mm -hmm. and then i was thinking all over the place about all sorts of things and then at some point was the first time that i thought how long have i been here (laughs) like and then i was like well actually it doesn't matter and then i started thinking like i asked myself questions and answers came i was Mm -hmm. like oh that's interesting and then at some point i was like okay now i'm focused i'm okay like i'm in the moment I'll stay here for a while. And then I thought, oh, it would be great to stay here for actually another hour because I think the time is coming up. And then music comes and the light comes. And it's like, oh, but that was a very, like, uh, although not necessarily an aha moment, but it was like a tuning in with yourself, mm-hmm. which was very interesting. And I don't remember having any of these experiences in other environments that let's say easily like sometimes after you i don't know play if you play instruments or whatever thing that is your like uh that you're in a, put you in a float state mm-hmm. like uh chick sent me high style right yeah. like that kind of stuff cool like you get into that kind of thing but they find that the the flotation thing sort of like forces you into 
like a realignment, yeah. right? Is that uh, an experience that you guys find totally. very common? And that's what's really awesome about it too, is like this part of this flow state and Chiksen Mihai and his, the characterization of it is autotelic activity. So mm. activity that's done for its own sake. And, you know, you can do, like you said, playing an instrument, playing sports. It's like all these things require things, maybe other people. But if you can be able to just find that natural flow state, like you found that reset, then that's really powerful because there's nothing happening in the tank. So you're able to just get into that flow state on your own and without anybody around any tools. So it's like this becomes like a very valuable resource, uh, something to cultivate. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's cool. Mm -hmm. And uh, in terms of uh, um, and one thing that I wanted to ask, let me just check my notes here. Uh, yes. So one thing like just technology wise, like um, I know that there are, as you mentioned, there are some tanks that they are and people can, I will have links on show notes for like uh, the photos of tanks and stuff. I remember seeing the first ones, they look like this uh, like clamshell kind of a thing and you go in. And what uh, one of the things when I saw uh, uh, like your center was like, oh, this is actually a big space. Like, and it, and then as soon as you get out and you go take a shower, um, there is this filtration system that starts. And uh, so, can you talk a little bit about the technology of the tanks and how they influence this, uh, like the experience that people have? Yeah. Um, yeah. So the technology has gotten to a, an amazing level with flotation tanks and and um, basically what happens is this is that in between each person we the water that's in the tank is pumped out and it passes through a multi-stage filtration system that has several different components to it mm -hmm. that basically clean the water sterilize everything and return the water to the float tank and it goes through that system five times so it goes through a UV light, right? You know, it goes through a pool grade one micron filter, which is like a very right. small, you know, filter yeah. that gets any, you know, sand any or anything, uh -huh. and then it gets dosed with ozone, right? And also hydrogen peroxide, which is like a natural disinfectant. So it would be as if you went in a pool, and you're the mm -hmm. only one in that pool, and then you got out of the pool. And then all of the pool water got cycled through at a very advanced filtration system five times. And then another person got in the pool. Oh, so wow. that's it. Just to give you an idea, mm -hmm. it's like we're basically obsessed with that process because that's what allows us to operate our business as, as a commercial space. Right. Right. So we're also like pool operators and really mm -hmm. nerdy about all things uh, around that subject as well. And we put a lot of, you know, you know, studies and, and sort mm -hmm. of like, you know, we're interested in that. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, and that it's like from like, uh, uh, I guess like health safety, like, uh, like cleansiness. I know that the center is like, like absurdly clean compared to any place, yeah. I guess in Toronto, but it's, yeah. uh, it's, uh, but, but the, like, besides that, what I find, uh, so, so interesting is like the fact that you have that li also that little light and the music, Yeah, it's, it just, I think even for people that would be like, oh, I'm not sure, just go in. Exactly. Let the, the it's nice lights actually. It's actually kind of interesting to stay there for a couple mm -hmm. minutes with the lights. lights on, and, yeah. uh, and even the music, the music you guys choose, I don't know how it was <laughs> chosen. Maybe you can even talk about that. Like the ending, I don't know if it's something that came with the, with the, the system. The Debbie or, Prim, yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah, we, we, at the end of the 
flotation experience um, to wake you up, there's a song that comes on very yes. gently. And we have transducers and underwater speakers that are not underwater speakers, but transducers that are speakers attached to the under of the tank um, that transmit the sound through. Mm. So it's this very gentle kind of track that comes on to initially wake people up. And then the lights come on about a minute later. Um, and, and the song that we have chosen is called the Devi prayer. And it's mm -hmm. just, you can maybe attach it in the show notes. Oh, yeah, it's a sure. really beautiful song and it's very gentle and slow. And it's this beautiful woman singing. Um, yeah. And yeah, we I, just liked it. And yeah, we, I was curious never about the, it. yeah, yeah I was we, curious about the it. choice of song because yeah. on my first experience was the, that music comes in and then it's like the perfect ending for the mm -hmm. for the session like yeah. and i was actually looking forward to 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 hear it like i was like oh i remember that song yeah. like it's it came to like it was my mind. It's like okay like great touch like uh, like if you if you have some kind of song mm -hmm. that you link to this podcast to, yes. to intro it at the beginning or something mm -hmm. you should, or you oh. should fade out this podcast <laughs> with that song with that song <laughs> <laughs> yeah could even start it that's a, that's a, that's a great idea cool yeah like yeah we'll have to hook me up with that song yeah. It's, it's really good yeah you guys do a, do a great job there one uh, last thing to to talk is there first is there anything i forgot to ask that you guys want to mention uh even from the like benefit side or like anything i think it was fairly thorough but like anything i forgot maybe, that you guys uh, want to say maybe just touching on the performance side of things because mm -hmm. we talk a lot about you know people are at some kind of energy deficit or feeling some kind of deficit and uh, how floating can be used to take them not only to like feeling okay or at level but then even above so a lot of the people that come to mind are the athletes that have been coming in and out of the center so personally mm -hmm. as you know I've experienced through healing my own injuries through competitive jujitsu but also we have had a number of the Blue Jays come to float who we've been sponsoring mm. for the last couple of years, uh, healing injuries and getting back in the game, prolonging uh, potentially some seasons, maybe even some careers. And then oh. we have had some endurance athletes. We've had MMA fighters who are well-known, Muay Thai fighters, other athletes, swimmers, um, you know. And so the list just goes on. And the interesting thing is that it's not only high twitch sports, high speed, but it's also endurance so wherever you're at it can also help to take you higher not mm -hmm. only on that physical side but also you know the mental side being able to go in shut out all of the previous beliefs and outside kind of stuff and be able to generate you know the ability to perform at a higher level and uh, reintroduce new beliefs and test the limits of visualization and that kind of mm -hmm. power that it can have it's uh something which i think will have a lot of um a lot of potential for growth in the next little bit not only bringing people up to a level but bringing them beyond that no it's cool yeah. all right yeah mm -hmm. how about you just anything else um, you want to to mention yeah i would just say if anybody's you know curious about you know more about the actual business to check out the website float-toronto.com yes uh, we have a lot of information on there and there's also an orientation video right on the front page of that website that will show you know what the experience looks like and what what the center looks like and and then we have a really um, user-friendly software system that people yeah. can book their float online and choose a time that's you know right for them 
And uh, but no, I think we yeah, covered a lot. Great. Yeah, we covered yeah. everything. I think yeah, that's great. Yeah, and uh, just one uh, last uh, last thing that I just uh, got to my mind because like I actually highly recommend going to to the center if people are in Toronto if they can uh, drop by and check out. I I absolutely recommend because it's uh, and you guys do this cool thing that it's like you have an introductory uh, like class and then you know the people will come for more. It was the case for me. Like my wife goes, oh, if you want, go take uh, one float, and then they have this three deal package, yeah, yeah. and that's one thing that you. You guys i assume created and tweaked by design right it's like okay you can come take a look and then if you want you can have like a few more and then you can basically get hooked and interested and continue right so it's something that you guys offer right it's like yeah. a one class uh introductory class in class sorry one introductory float well, yeah. and then you have a three packet uh, like a three float package and then you have memberships and all that kind of stuff right yeah like in general, we have very, very affordable pricing. Yeah. That's kind of the gist of yeah. it. Like we made this, like our, our whole mission was this with this thing was to make it affordable and accessible, you know, because it was around before, like, you know, we were saying that mm -hmm. you could find them, but he paid $100 for his first float. So did I, $100. Yeah. And now with the price range at our place is averaging more around 40 bucks, Yeah, you know, for people who are coming regularly. So. Yeah. And that, that's yeah. that's one of the things that I thought was very interesting, not only from uh, from like your business, but just knowing float like the float, let's say community in general, like that I've seen, is that once you get into it, you really want to put the world out, the word mm -hmm. out there, right? It's like when yeah. you fall in love, you want to tell the world, right? Yeah. It's that kind of uh, mm -hmm. that kind of a thing. And uh, and I, I like I thank you guys for like making this like your passion into a into an actual dream. Yes, and, uh, thank you for spreading the word because you know it's like like you said, you want to see that out there, and the more people we can see out there being relaxed and not wound up, it's like just makes makes society that much more fun, makes Toronto a better city to live in. Oh, for sure. Yeah, know? and what you said. <laughs> in the beginning uh, like at some point like having people seeing their state of mind oh, coming yeah. in and then going out was actually something that i thought oh yeah I, I, that's probably <laughs> priceless for you guys that work there yeah. like to see like oh it only took an hour for you <laughs> to disengage so it's uh, i guess like a cool takeaway it's like you have these opportunities to change your life change your mind so like right at your fingertips and uh, you just go and go and float. That's right? it. Yeah. Hit that off switch. You know, it's, <laughs> now that you know it's there, yeah, you know, cool. it's, it's just, um, it's an interesting experience. If anyone is, is feeling interested in it, I just, I highly recommend coming at some point when you're ready to at least have one experience and, and just to, to kind of scratch that itch of, of figuring out what it, what it's like, because it's, there's no other environment um, that I've come across that is quite, that you know just tranquil and serene and and uh really feeling like you get that deep reset yeah, yeah. cool yeah and then uh, on that note jesse anand thank you so much for being in the wanderers podcast and uh hope to see you guys soon whenever you guys come up with uh whenever you find a way to get uh the dump mind before the float or yeah. any kind of new things just uh always welcome to to come back and talk a little bit more about that okay. and uh if any people have like questions or anything or uh comments just uh send us our way we'll have links to to the website and social media on the show notes and uh, again thank you so much guys thank, thank you, you so much Peter. so that's it for today's show thank you for listening to the wanderings podcast you can find show notes and links at pedrobonato.com slash podcast. If you like the show, I would love if you could share it with your friends or leave a review on iTunes. 
If you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on all social media at Pedro Bonato. I would love to hear from you. You can find my photography work at pedrobonato.com. Here is a part of the beautiful song that plays at the end of flotation sessions at Float Toronto. It is called Devi Prayer by Craig Pruess and Ananda. You can purchase it at their website, Ananda's Art. So tune in next week for another show. Until then, I urge you to keep following your curiosity and I'm looking forward to our next wanderings together. Yeah.